This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. And this is Jesse. Hello, and this is Carsten. Hello there, Carsten. Hi <laughs> there. Hope yeah. you hope you're doing well over there. Uh, what time is it there? <laughs> it is six a.m. where I am, and five a.m. where I am. Oh my God! You have my uh, deepest commiserations there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one a.m. Uh, one one p.m. for you, or something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just so, just lunchtime. Yeah. So Carson, you're joining us from Germany. Is that correct? Uh, no, not oh, really. Okay. Uh, I was in Germany last the, week. Is it the planet Earth? I am. <laughs> Yes, that is true. Uh, no, okay. I am Ge- I am German. However, I uh, am in the UK at the moment. Oh, okay. well, actually, I live here. Uh huh. Great. Okay. So you, you were when you were in Germany last week. You were there for a visit or just yeah, yeah, that was extra just work or okay. No, just an holiday. Gotcha. Meeting friends and family. <laughs> fantastic! Gotcha. Fantastic. All right, well, I've got some uh, rivals to talk about. Should I get into those? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I got two from Macmillan Audio. Um, the first one is Halo, The Cole Protocol by Tobias S. Buckel. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, one of those uh, tie-in books, but mm-hmm. Tobias Buckel's a, um, a uh, I think that's probably his first tie-in book. I think so, too, yeah. He... Uh, in fact, the only Tobias Bakel I've read so far is uh, Metatropolis. You remember that uh, mm-hmm. collection that was exclusive to Audible? It's not exclusive anymore. I oh, see I saw yeah, that. Subterranean's <laughs> going to make a paper book out of it. Yeah, Subterranean, you bet. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, yep, the Cold Protocol. Looks like a, a prequel type of a deal there. I should actually add one in here, too. Um, okay. uh, actually, I got in the mail... Uh, just yesterday, uh, Canadia 2056. Oh, uh, volume two, uncut, <coughs> and with extra, extra goodness. Hooray! <laughs> so I'll um, scan a, it. scan the cover of that, and I'll send it off your way. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. Do. I'm eager to hear that one. I love that series. Did you ever hear any of that, Kirsten? No, no. Uh, actually, I wanted to. It's on my on my list because I've read so much about it on uh, SFF Audio. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, oh. you you keep mentioning it uh, quite often. So, yeah, I should probably give it a try one day. Well, you yeah, know, I think you won't that's be why they sent it to us. It's like, um, it's, thank you for mentioning it every day. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Bet. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. I, you know, it's kind of. Uh, I feel kind of bad about mentioning it, uh, stuff that is harder to listen to every day, uh, saying, you know, you should really try it. It's on the radio today. And, um, because then it's sort of giving giving uh, extra weight to stuff that is actually harder to get to. So, uh-huh. um, mm. But on the other hand, um, it did eventually get put to disc. So, yeah. All right. So is it uh, or was it available as... Um uh, a podcast or um, yeah, um, there's a, there's an unofficial podcast feed, um, not an official one uh, for various reasons they couldn't get uh, uh, an official one. But the the unofficial one I do believe is still active. I I'm just double check on that. Um, that would have been put out by the zombie astronaut. All right, yeah, the indispensable one. He is absolutely indispensable. Um, only thing that's dispensable is his live journal. I don't like his blog setup being in live journal. Uh, I can't figure out li- why anybody uses live journal. Are you a live journal? Oh, well. You're not a live journal guy, are you? No, no. And apart from that, I've uh, just read that it's uh, obviously uh, going down anyway. Is it? Oh, oh, good. I mean, oh. <laughs> well, tell that to the uh, twenty people that they uh, just laid off. But <laughs> oh, uh, is, is there only twenty? That would make make sense. I don't know. No, yeah, it's not. It's not good for them. Um, yeah. So the uh, if this feed still works, it is http colon slash slash 
thezombieastronaut.com slash podcasts dash only slash rss2 dot aspx if it still works i've got uh i've got actually seasons one and two of the unofficial podcast feed for kennedy 2056 there um and that looks like it was broadcast beginning august uh going until um uh the 20th month of no mm-hmm. i don't know uh no broadcast in the spring going till the summer from 05 to 06 so that would have been i don't know june and july no may and june i think january february march april may <laughs> may and uh june of 2008 so if they're still there that's where they would be now um, the good news is, even if they're not still there, you can still get a hold of this stuff. It's available through uh, the CBC radio website, which is uh, uh, does ship worldwide, I believe. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, try try the first set, and if you like it, get the second. Um, Scott seems to even like it more than I do, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not Canadian. Yet, uh, I think they're uh, absolutely hilarious. I, I compare them uh, real favorably to um, Red Dwarf. I, oh, I, right. actually, uh, I actually enjoy them better than I do Red Dwarf. I, I, I don't... More, more I don't laughs per than minute than Red, Red Dwarf. <laughs> but certainly it's better mm. than a lot of the Red Dwarf. Uh, a lot of Red Dwarf. Uh-huh. Oh, well. Smeg it. Well, can I say that on television? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the... Uh, yeah, in fact, I'm, I'm preparing a review for Steve the First, which is a series that um, Matt Watts did before he did Canadia. And, uh, oh, I sure enjoy those two. Yeah, that's that's uh, two series. Uh, Steve the First and Steve the Second are um, two CBC uh, radio dramas that preceded Canadia 2056. So I guess that was four years ago. So they've run in the summers. Mm-hmm. And um, the Steve the First series is a post-apocalyptic <laughs> uh, drama set in Toronto, I think, um, after uh, something disastrous has happened. Um, and everybody's mutated except for very few people. Most people are mutated. And uh, they're all looking for water and to become the mayor of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Okay. It's but very, it's very got fun. a narrator, which is, I think, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the narrator is—he's uh, all knowing. Uh, He's—and uh, he's, he seems to be looking back even farther from the future uh, on this time after the bombs fell. I guess. Yeah. Or was it bombs, or was it like uh, just pollution? I can't no, remember. I think it was bombs. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, like he's making fun of uh, you know all the all the genres, uh, you know. I mean, there's some making fun of um, uh, you know the movies like Chud, I guess, and uh, and all the. It's not really Mad Max very much. It's more like <laughs> uh, I think there was a, a another BBC one about after the bombs fell as well, wasn't there? Um, I wouldn't know, to be honest. No? I, I don't think I've seen it, but I think there was a half-hour comedy uh, television series about a post-apocalyptic <laughs> comedy, which <just> seems <laughs> kind of heavy. Yeah. Sounds like, uh, sounds well, like it's Broadway-worthy. Yeah. Brits. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so when, when can we look forward to those reviews, uh, Scott? Uh, soon. Okay. <laughs> Actually, probably not next week, but the week after. I think I have uh, reviews to fill next week. In, Me too. In my <laughs> I gotta, I gotta finish them up. I got like yeah. in reviews ready to go. You bet. Well, not really ready. Uh, they're all <laughs> in various states of writing. <laughs> Heck yeah. And what are you gonna put out for us, uh, Karsten, as a review? Oh yeah. Uh, actually, I'm still in. Well, <clears throat> there should be the H. Um, um, Lovecraft Historical Society um, have brought out a couple of new uh, audio dramas or audio theatres as they call them 
And yeah, actually, um, one of the reviews should be finished pretty soon, um, hopefully. (laughs) The first one was, Um, um, what was it? The first one was uh, was At the Mountains of Madness. Madness Yeah, exactly. Um, The second one was uh, The Dunwich Horror. Mm-hmm. And um, which I thought was much better than um, at the Mounts of Madness, so uh, because it worked. It worked better as a as a drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they just I think quite recently actually they uh, <clears throat> published um, um, Escape from Innsmouth, and um, oh no, the that's actually the title of a role playing game supplement for Innsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just realised. Um, and The Shadow Out of Time. The Shadow Out so, of yeah. Time. Uh, I think I've read that one. I haven't heard I haven't heard the audio drama of it. But so these I've were read... all made as audio drama by who? Uh, it's the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society. Oh, okay. Which, uh, yeah. yeah, I think they, they started off as, you know, mainly doing props and stuff for, for the role-playing game and for, for the live-action role-playing game. And um, a couple of years ago, they made a... A 1920s-style silent movie, um, which was pretty cool, at least from what I could see from the uh, trailers and stuff. And, yeah, began to publish radio dramas or audio dramas in, I think, 2006. Yeah, yeah and this year we have, they have just published two in a row. It's pretty good. And they're quite high quality. Oh, good. The Shadow Out of Innsmouth, yeah. Um, now, that doesn't sound like a story is that a compilation or am i just not no, remembering that story sh- no it's shadow over insmith i think uh that's the um that is a story that okay is a, one, of, one of the famous lovecraft stories um i don't, I don't think i read that one. Oh well maybe you shouldn't you live in a coastal town don't you yeah <laughs> city brother oh this is oh wait a second is this one where like uh Fish people come out of the ocean or something. (laughs) Exactly. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Give me nightmares. (laughs) Well, good. What am I looking at, Scott? Oh, there is a review uh, that has been posted of the At at the Mountains of Madness. I think it's at the Historical Society. Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the Dark Adventure Radio Theater at the Mountains of Madness. And then underneath, you can see Carson's got a, uh, basically a full review as well. Great. In the uh, comments. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So they're yeah. just one CD. They're not that long, are they? No, it no, wasn't that long. I actually uh, saw that package, and, and they've got uh, some cool extras in there, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they even brought out a new uh, collector's box, which you can order separately, I think, which is in the shape of a, you know, old-time wood radio. Oh, cool. Oh, neat. Yeah, I Very remember cool. at the Mountains in Madness had, uh, I believe it was newspaper clippings. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Do, do, do the others include similar things? Uh, apparently they do. However, I uh, I only got the uh, the direct downloads. Uh, quite simply because it's easier for me, and also uh, their you know shipping and and tax and and whatnot. Sure. Uh, the costs can easily double the cost for for the actual radio drama. So yeah, right. I just. And I remember yeah. when I talked to you last time, uh, you were talking about how their direct downloads were um, uh, not very polished. The audio was yeah. fine, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just the little things, uh, like um, um, the files weren't tagged, um, you know, you know, cover art included and stuff like that, which is, I mean, it's probably a bit anal to, to complain I think, about that. I, th- I, don't, I don't think you can tag it just a regular MP3 file um, with a cover art, but you certainly can put in, fill in all the textual details. Um, oh, yeah, you can do with the cover art as well. Well, I'm, I think you can only do that in iTunes. I don't think you can tag it uh, just just a regular mp3 file um like you I'm can say sure that can. you can okay uh, yeah because i remember the um um the last download which was the uh most recent uh, nine inch nails album mm-hmm. which was released for, for free completely okay. legal on the internet and they have uh, even uh individual cover art for for each individual song so and that was included in the download i'm, I'm pretty sure of that mm. <laughs> Anyway, it's just those 
those those little things, you know, especially because the the second uh, drama was tagged, and then the, the two most recent ones weren't tagged again. I mean, yeah, of course you can do that yourself, but then again, if yeah. I pay ten dollars. Yeah, uh-huh. you, you know, a little extra polish. I mean, it, especially when it's digital like that, you get it done right the first time, and then you don't have to fix it later. But yeah, even if exactly. it is not done the right the first time, you can still fix it later <laughs> um, for every subsequent purchase. Um, I'm looking at the prices. They're not cheap, though. Uh, the box set says uh, any two shows, uh, they've got four, $47.50, and uh, all four shows, 80 bucks. Uh, now, for one CD show, that's pretty... I mean, you get four CDs for 80 bucks. That's a little bit steep. Yeah. So, how, how, how cheap is the download compared? Uh, downloads are about $10, as far as I remember. So, yeah. yeah, it's half price, basically. Yeah, and then, you know, um, being, a, being German in that respect is a bit of, a, of an advantage, because I can always use my, my German account, and, uh, you know, when you're paying euros, it's even better, because of the ex- uh, you're quite favorable exchange rate, yeah. Okay, That's good to know. I think it comes for, but six euros. Uh, like I can't remember what a euro is worth. It's worth more than uh, Canadian. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, you know, I think that's more reasonable. Ten, ten bucks for, I guess it says 77 minutes for the shadow out of time. I think that's a lot more reasonable. Um, it would be, um, okay, so it's got one big file versus six chapters. Which way did you go? Uh, I think I went for the whole file. Yeah, yeah, I always did, yeah. Yeah, unless I don't. Um, maybe if you're going to burn it to your own CD, who do want? Yes, I think that's exactly what what they were for. But uh, you know, I just put them on my iPod anyway as an audiobook. Right. So uh, I wouldn't want to have the uh, the individual files in that respect. They made quite nice art though for the covers. I see they're they're selling. Um, uh, oh, absolutely! I mean, stuff like that. Um, and that's why I think the um, um, the, the physical um, products are quite uh, quite expensive because they do these in quite limited numbers and um, they are more or less collector's items. I mean, if you have yeah. a look at the other stuff that they have for sale, they are like you know Cthulhu statues and um, HP Lovecraft busts and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, that is basically collector's stuff and produced in, in small numbers and hence I reckon. Uh, the, the rather steep price, but I do agree. Twenty dollars for a single audio drama. Yeah, that, yeah, that was one of the other reasons why I went for the download. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of torn. I'm I'm really into the. I, I love having physical copies in my hands, but I'm starting to run out of space. <laughs> so uh, I want to have. You know what? It's like if there was a museum of this stuff, I'd 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 want to own a digital copy and and uh, visit the the original <laughs> play with the toys and then say that's enough i'm not going to look at that look at them again mm-hmm. yeah they've got all sorts of cool looking busts and posters and amulets or whatever and lots of down downloads of prop prop downloads too which i think is kind of cool so are you a, a player of the hp lovecraft game what's it called the uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu. Um, right. Well, actually, actually I uh, occasionally write for the uh, German edition. There you go. Uh, <laughs> however, I have to admit that I didn't play in, oh God, years. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a usual thing. Uh, the older you get, the less time you have. Uh, That's true. All, all of a sudden, really weird things creep up, like jobs and, you know, that kind of thing. I, I really see here, I thought Cthulhu himself was pretty weird, but yeah, you've got these strange beasts from out of the sky called Jobs. <laughs> um, I, I remember when the game was out in the 80s, I guess it was. Okay, it says first published in 81. I remember um, hearing about it, and I think that's probably actually how I found out about uh, Lovecraft, was through the game. Um, yeah, you're probably not the only one, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, but I, I never actually played. I had trouble finding anybody who would play any role-playing games with me. <laughs> it's, and it's, <laughs> Is it with the emphasis on with me? Or yeah! With the emphasis <laughs> on? I, I feel 
sort of shut out. I, I was, I was, uh, maybe it was my personality, <laughs> and they were all hiding the fact that they wanted to play games. But um, no, I think it's just I, I was unfortunately I, I was basically the guy who was really into games, and no one else was. All right, yeah. I, I was going around, you know, boostering it, but a one-man booster is uh, a small club. Mm. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I've got some more of these arrivals. Let's hear them. Okay. Um, Weiss and Hickman have started a new series um, called Dragon Ships. Looks like dragons on boats. Bones of the Dragon is the name of this one. Um, it's also from Macmillan Audio, read by Stefan Rudnicki. Hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I believe it's the start of a new series. So, yeah, Dragon Ships is, is an uh, epic fantasy series that fully in- illustrates the mastery of world building and storytelling that has made Weiss and Hickman into the best-selling fantasy co-authors of all time. So, there you go. Wow, epic fantasy. Bold claim. Yeah. Well, you know, they best-selling are, they fantasy are quite good. You know, they they must Maybe. be. I, you know, I haven't read. Well, I read, I read something by them, but I never did read the original Dragonlance, which was available on audio only abridged. But um, I remember it was recommended to me at one time. I can't remember by who, but um, they they liked the abridgment. Um, but that was years ago, years ago, and I never did track it down. I um I I read the the paper books when they came out. Uh-huh. Um, I think the first six or so books in the series, um, and I thought they were really good at the time. Um, I also played the the games. I, I guess I don't know if the games came first or the books came first, but I did both. Mm. Uh, I think first. it was actually the games first. Yeah, it was. It was pretty quick if it wasn't uh, one or the other. But um, yeah, I I kind of liked it because it was sort of like a reboot of the. Uh, of Dungeons and Dragons, and it had its own world, which uh, I think was a good idea because I couldn't figure out the the regular Dungeons and Dragons world. Hmm. Yeah, I I got to meet Tracy Hickman one time at a convention, and he is uh, very fun. So if you ever if you ever come across a convention with him, you know don't hesitate to go. He's a riot, okay. a lot of fun. Okay. Um, from Brilliance, I have two uh, audiobooks from Brilliance Audio that came in. One by Piers Anthony. I have no idea how to pronounce this. D O O O N. Yeah, three O's N. <laughs> Mode. It's book four of the Mode series, which I I don't know nothing about. Dune. Dune. <laughs> and the, and the middle O is capital. It's D little O big O. Whoa. N. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess the uh, right. the, the narrator had to figure out how to say <laughs> Yeah, beyond the world we know, there is a multiverse of modes where many strange realities interlock in an infinitely intricate pattern and a perverse and deranged emperor plays a deadly multidimensional game with human pa- uh, pawns as his slaves. Mm-hmm. And this is book four. You know, the only um, Piers Anthony... Well, no, there's been two Piers Anthony that I've read. Um, On a Pale Horse. Do you guys... Did you ever read that one? I think... Did you do a review of that? No, I don't think I... I in fact, I didn't know it was on audio until I looked it up this morning. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is on audio by George Guidal does the reading, so... I may have to check that out and see if I still like it, but... I think we might I, have I read it in high that. school, I think, and, and I recall really liking it. And then I read one... It was like Sauce the Rope or something like that. Something about a stick and a rope. Battle Circle or something like that. Does that sound familiar to you guys? Mm-mm. No, not really. Battle Stick circle. and a rope. Well, yeah, it was a it was a trilogy. Okay, looking it up on Amazon. It's a trilogy of books that are very short that they collected into one book, and it exists. It still exists, and it is. Um, what's in there? Anyway, I recall liking that a great deal too. But Piers okay, Anthony has written on a pale horse is. Uh, one of the incarnations of immortality books. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like there's six, uh, at least from recorded books. Mm-hmm. Oh, book two is not uh, on Audible for some reason. Maybe it's not on recorded huh. books either. But they're all uh, first, uh, 
few are read by George Goodall, and then um, Barbara Caruso takes over. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Th- I can't say that I re- recall ever reading a Piers Anthony. Oh. Yeah, uh, me neither. I think I, I. He's written did one or two books years and years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's written a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of uh, another author who's written a lot, um, Anne McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins of Pern is the name of this one, and this. I think I've seen that. It's just Anne McCaffrey. It's not Anne and, um, oh, what's her son's name? Uh, Todd. Todd, yeah. Anne and Todd McCaffrey have uh, mm-hmm. written several of the recent ones, but this one is just Anne McCaffrey, so um, this must be a little bit older. Um, okay, when the first humans came to settle the planet Pern, they did not come alone. Intelligence-enhanced dolphins also crossed the stars to colonize Pern's oceans, while their human partners settled the vast continents. But then disaster struck. <laughs> so, anyway, I love the covers of the Pern novels. They've, they're neat. I, I, you know, I'm thinking back. Just this is uh, that's another Mac- Macmillan, is it? No, that was br- Brilliance. Brilliance. Okay. Yeah. Brilliance. I think Brilliance has done all the Perns, you know. If they haven't done all of them, I mean, they sure are close. That sounds right. That sounds right. Now, actually, I'm listening to a Brilliance right now. Brilliance was purchased by Amazon, weren't they? Mm Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen anything new occur. It's been months now, but I haven't seen any uh, anything different occur. Have you? No. But uh, maybe they're working on something. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen there. I know not. I'm listening anyway, to, listening uh, to? Uh, a brilliance um, right now. I'm listening to Phantoms by Dean Koontz. Ooh, yeah, I read that one in print long, long, long ago. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that it was quite so vintage. It's from 1983. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, mm-hmm. reading about it, they were saying that, um, actually, I, I was reading the Dean Koontz Companion book, which I, it's a paper book I have. Um, this is a very fun book, but uh, it was saying that it, it sort of gave him a reputation he didn't like, which was that he was a horror writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can see why they would think that because it basically it feels like a horror book, but it also feels like a Dean Koontz book. Um, uh-huh. And I'm quite enjoying it so far. Well, good. Yeah, I remember the uh, first half of that book really uh, grabbed my attention. Kind of spooky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's um. It's about a, a small town, right? How far are you in? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm on uh, disc three of twelve or something like that. Some so. people come back to a small town. It, it was. Uh, yeah, a sister people, and right? two sisters come to a small town. Uh, the mothers just died, so the older sisters take care of the younger sister. And they drive into the nice, pleasant town, and nobody's walking on the streets. They they think that's strange, and then they go into, uh, you know, they go into the house, and they smell breaking baking bread or whatever, and the housekeeper is uh, lying dead on the floor uh, in the kitchen, but she's covered in bruises uh, or one giant bruise over her entire body, and so you know they try and call the the ambulance or the police or whatever and the phone doesn't work so they go to the neighbors and uh the neighbors are all missing um so they go to the police station and and the police officer's uh dead on the on the floor uh having fired his gun and they're freaking out and they're freaking Mm. out and something is wrong in this small town (laughs) Mm -hmm. because that's really unusual (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I never had that happen to me. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the streets deserted before, but that's for sure. I think, I think it's probably because why well, this kind of uh, these kind of books are so popular. It's all these small town people buying them because nothing ever happens in their small towns. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I live in one. I live in one, and I am saying yes. That's absolutely right. <clears throat> that's good stuff. Like it's like Salem's Lot is uh, one that comes to mind. That's about a small town. Yeah, so I think there's something uh, fun about setting a story in a small town, though, because uh, it's like having its own little uh, closed world. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
makes it so more knowable than setting it at the big bad city. Yeah, there's a uh, lot even of, even big bad city stories can be small, small town, town stories, really. Yeah, I live across the street from the mayor and the um, coroner, and it's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully he has more mayoral work than coroner uh, <laughs> work. Depends on if it's Dean Prince Town or not, I guess. You bet. So, it's good stuff. So, Karsten, are you are you a fan mainly of audio drama? Um, well, originally I think I was, um, mainly because um, I, I basically grew up with uh, audio dramas. And, uh, well, actually thinking about it, I probably... Probably my love for for science fiction and later on um, fantasy or fantastic literature in general actually stems from convincing my mum to buy me a, an audio drama on cassette when I was about I don't know seven or something. Uh-huh. Wow! Um, wow! But yeah, recently I, I also got into into audiobooks. Um, okay. Do you because, have any uh, uh, Do you have any standouts that you know things that you've heard you know through your life that you know like man everybody should hear this one. <laughs> You know, and in the audio drama category. Um, hmm, I don't know because the ones that I listened to when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't recommend. Yeah, for sure. uh, yeah. Um, but the um, the yeah, the good thing is that it basically um had a huge revival uh in Germany over the last few years. Um, I think it was never really dead audio dramas so you always had them on on radio stations and stuff mm-hmm. but um yeah in in recent years there's been a huge amount of of new titles coming out uh, quite a lot of them straight to cd so they're not connected to a uh, to a radio station oh mm-hmm. um but they will be produced directly to cd and i was talking to jesse about this um uh, two weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, the funny thing is that um there's, for example, there's one series which is set in Canada, in Vancouver, <laughs> uh, called Gabriel Burns. Um, the production values are, are tremendous, you know, tremendously uh, good. Um, the series it's, itself has, to be honest, gone downhill quite a bit recently. I probably shouldn't say that because it got huge it's okay. fans. And it's okay. Don't them. take offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the thing is that they can uh, boast to have you know half half Hollywood in there, in a bit of a roundabout way because uh, foreign movies are usually dubbed in in Germany mm-hmm. uh, instead of subtitled. usually, yeah, instead of subtitled. But usually they try to have the same uh, voice actor for each actor, so you actually get familiar with that voice, and you very often uh, automatically connect that voice to this to this actor hmm. and uh, yeah apparently uh, for these uh, voice actors who most of the time don't do anything else <laughs> apart from uh, dubbing films and, and, and television series um, they have discovered the market of audio dramas for them and that is you know that is brilliant because they are trained voice actors they don't do anything else and uh, because they are so connected with these Hollywood actors uh, you actually can produce an audio drama which sounds like yeah, you got the cream de la cream of uh, oh. the the acting world in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is pretty funny. And occasionally they even they even play with it. Like uh, in this uh, series, Gabriel Burns, the uh, one of the the main characters, Bakerman. Um, he's um, um, played by the uh, voice actor of um, Patrick Stewart. Ah. And in one of in one of the first in one of the first. Uh, episodes he is described as a smallish elderly balding men man with gray hair and it's like yeah right that is exactly <laughs> how you automatically have this picture of this person in mind when you hear the voice uh-huh. oh that's neat i think that's that's just an awesome uh you know it's a sort of a spillover effect from from having a, a certain kind of industry you have a natural growth of an industry that you couldn't have you couldn't have that happen here you couldn't have people um, be really into audio drama because they're trying to follow the same, you know, actor into another into another field. We don't seem to have that crossover. Yeah, yeah, probably. Unless, of course, you get a, a proper actor doing doing some audio drama. It's <laughs> which is highly unlikely, I reckon. Well, I think uh, what you mean by proper actor is a famous actor, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, it actually has happened a little bit. Um, The Seeing Ear Theater stuff, have you heard any of that? 
They had uh, some, yes. Uh-huh. Some, yeah. Basically, they do a show and then they'd have uh, one star for each show. So uh, and the, you know they're not like number one on their list, but they had some really <laughs> great voice actors. BB uh, Newworth. Um, um, uh, I remember Steve Buscemi. Was it Steve Buscemi, Buscemi was in one? Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. in the J. Michael Straczynski series. Yeah. Uh, City yeah. of Dreams. Yeah. I think it was the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, there's. It's, I wish that was if uh, if um, somebody was to uh, make a an official podcast feed. That's the that's the audio dramas I'd I'd want to see done first, because um, some amazing Absolutely. stuff there. Um, it's it's a really shame because I think it was must have been last year when yeah, I came I, across the the senior yeah. audio theatre again um, after a couple of years, uh, and I was like. Bloody hell! This huge. This is a treasure trove, right? Um, Was, and about I think a week later they shut it down. <laughs> you know, if they had done that now instead of do- doing it back with real audio, it would have been huge. If they had done yeah. it now instead of done it, do, you know, did, doing it at the time, which was you know when the internet was still, uh, or the web was still getting. Uh, getting people coming on to it now it would have been huge it would have been uh it would have been uh, huge (laughs) (laughs) i i'm very regretful i mean i'm amazed that they lasted as long as they did given that you know it was there's no advertising i think there's they probably got forgotten by some webmaster who was a fan (laughs) Uh, (laughs) when they the budget was just cut instantaneously. Um, the the it was all funded by the uh, Sci-Fi Channel, and the budget yeah, I know. for the for the program was cut in like you know mid recording or something because they had you know advertising for next next week on on the you know the J. Michael Straczynski series was unfinished. Yeah, uh, and they had they had just cut it off in midstream and then it was there on the website it was available for listening uh for a long time and then all of a sudden it was cut off so but yeah i mean uh, there are actually some they they did have some cd and cassette releases of some of the stuff and i think i've reviewed some of that but um it's definitely time for an unofficial podcast feed for, for some of that stuff how many of those shows were there at least um, the, uh, of a series of series, there was at least four or five. There was um, a revival of um, the uh, the Crypt Keeper series. What's that called? Tales Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, Tales from the yeah. Crypt. That was one series, that, and they had some great writing in that. Um, they also had the J. Michael Straczynski City of Dreams series. Um, the Neil Gaiman famously had two. Two stories, and that's uh, those are available on CD still, CD still, I believe. Uh, two two um, shows, both are excellent. Yeah. Um, and then there's there was actually you know dozens and dozens of independent programs based on uh, classic short stories and such. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I don't know if it's still active, but we used to have a page on it. <laughs> we just I think I I think I did go back and fix that all up. This is pretty amazing. Oh, well, it's not showing up. Well, I should fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Get somebody interested in making an unofficial podcast feed, and then the problem is, is I don't know that a lot of the stuff is available, um, except except as a real audio at some point. And they, they weren't easy to record, you know? Oh, well, I mean... You might have incidentally have a copy of uh, Audacity on your computer. Yeah, but uh, at the time, which, you know, yes, yeah, Audacity true. didn't exist. There yeah. was um, there there were pieces of software for recording, but um, it was very unfortunate. I remember having a devil of a time recording some of this stuff so I could make it portable and take it with me. Kirsten, have you yeah. seen a show called uh, Secret Army, a British show from uh, the 70s? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. it's, 
I'm watching. I'm watching it now. It's really awesome. Um, it's a. Uh, it's it's it, It's like a sh- you know the show Alo Alo. Yeah. yeah. I've I've never seen that, but I or if I did, I didn't watch it. But now listen, now listen very carefully because I should say this only once. What? Now listen very carefully because I should say this only once. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it, I think it was probably on television when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, the only thing I would watch is cartoons. You know, mm-hmm. I'm seven years old, and I'm saying, this is not a cartoon. You don't seem to understand. I'm not interested in this unless it's a cartoon. Um, now, of course, I I look back fondly on all those British shows like uh, Are You Being Served and all that stuff. It's more interesting to me. If, if it was on television now, I'd be much happier. Uh, than watching the crappy cartoons that were on. <laughs> but um, this is a show that I missed. Secret Army is a show that preceded uh, Alo Alo and that Alo Alo is spoofing. Um, it's a drama, hour-long drama set in Belgium uh, during World War II, and the uh, the main character is a um, he, r- he runs a bar or a hotel or something. No, it's a it's like a bar sort of thing and he's uh, the head of a evasion line where they help uh, bomber uh, pilots yeah. uh, who've you know been shot down get back to England to keep going um, and it's a great series it's so dramatic um, but I can absolutely see why they ended up spoofing it with Hello uh, Hello because it, it has the, the level of drama so high and Yet it's it's got all the you know it's this guy's uh, you know having uh, he's got a wife upstairs who's an invalid and and downstairs uh, one of the uh, you know waitresses is is also his his common law wife right um, okay. and and yet he's also got the SS officer coming in the door and um, and you know the Luftwaffe is coming in and it was it was like um, I can totally see why they turned it into a comedy. I wonder if the um, I remember um, it must have been a 70s yeah 70s or maybe early 80s but I reckon it was 70s movie mm-hmm. I think it was a French one with uh, Louis de Finet I don't know who was a so, sort of famous uh, uh, French uh, comedian uh, some of his movies are, are quite good others are just unbearable because he completely overdoes it um, I can't remember the title however the um, there was a song in there T for two and two for T uh, which sort of went through the whole movie, and that was basically the same same idea of um, I think it was a British bomber crew being shot down over France, mm-hmm. uh, and they just want to make their way to to the uh, the unoccupied uh, part of France, hoping that it would be easier uh, for them then to to get away, and that is quite hilarious as well. Uh, and I wonder whether this series has has influenced this uh, this movie as well I would think so I would think so um, it's it's a British series um, uh, but all the characters in it uh, except for I guess the few English pilots are supposed to be Belgians or Dutch or French um, but it's it's so dramatic I, I find myself um, compelled to you know like I'm, I'm like oh I'm gonna save this one for tomorrow because it's so good because <laughs> right. I'm already on the second series and there's there's three series um, and I, I and now now I want to get hello hello just to see uh, you know to do the comparison. Uh, there's a podcast out of the UK, uh, Lovecraft Gaming Podcast. You know the one I mean? This is really embarrassing now. Yog Radio. Oh, hang on. Yog Radio, that's it. Um, oh, right, yeah, I think I heard about that one. Yogsofa.com uh, is yog Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know the, I know the site, definitely. Uh, I wonder whether... Adam might be. Hosts are Paul McLean, Finn Patterson, and Neil Young. All right. Okay. Yeah, I probably came across it, but I'm. I don't know. I try to keep the number of podcasts that I'm listening to. Um, 
slow because otherwise I just uh, fall into the whole hunter-gatherer kind of thing and try to get as many as I can, <laughs> right? And, I, and I'd never have the time to actually listen to them. Well, I hope this one's on your top of your list. I mean, our podcast, not Yog Radio. <laughs> 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 if you're on it, that has to be collectible, right? Yeah, yeah, that is true. Okay. Yeah, they've done some uh, some readings. I think that's um, that that if you've seen the post about, I've posted about um, some of the readings. They're really into something that seems to be very popular as well, which is um, playing uh, recording play sessions. And All right. I think that that's like um, it's kind of like radio drama in a way because or at mm-hmm. least amateur radio drama because it's like um, people are having fun they don't do it because they expect millions of people are going to listen to it uh, you know they're not going to get a record contract or contract. they're doing it because they're doing it anyways and hey why don't we record it it might be fun yeah I don't know I mean it, it c- potentially that could be quite good but Potentially, it could also be the most boring thing ever. <laughs> That's I mean, what I'm thinking. But uh, it seems to be well, pretty popular. I, I know uh, uh, Charles Tan on the Bibliophile Stalker blog. He he keeps track of uh, actual play sessions of um, of role playing games that are podcast. So you think in popular, it's actually there are people out there that are listening to it. And it's not only so. loads and loads of people that, uh, that are producing it because they think, oh my god, this is popular. Yeah, so. I, I think that it's, it's, a, it's sort of a byproduct of the fact that they're, they're sort of geeky people, right? So they like, yeah. they like playing the game and they also like, you know, playing with iPods and recording equipment. And so they, they yeah. go together. And it's not that, you know, there's a giant demand for actual play sessions. It's just that, well, you know, we have this technology here, and it's free to record, and, you know, maybe, well, maybe if you it's just a- missed the last, you couldn't play up in the last session, you can catch up or something, I don't know. Maybe it's just a surrogate for all these people that are, you know, have jobs now and can't play anymore. Anyway. <laughs> 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 yeah, like me, being jealous of... Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. Now that you mentioned, I remember reading at uh, Will Wheaton's um, blog um, some time ago. Uh, I think that there were recordings of uh, him playing as well. <laughs> I think D and D Fourth Edition, uh, which he thinks is brilliant, which is why I think, uh, well, maybe my uh, my uh, high opinion of him wasn't that uh, <laughs> at all. But well. Well, maybe he's just got a good campaign, and you don't understand that. You know, his campaign yeah, is so much better than everybody else's, uh, you know, module or whatever. Possibly, but well. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could do it. You you could actually get some interest there if if you have celebrity play sessions. Like, um, uh, I think Vin Diesel's a D and D fan, right? So, um, you get the Vin Diesel. Uh, uh, a role-playing game, people would probably listen to that out of curiosity, mm. even if they're not uh, big fans of... Uh, yeah, I mean, if it, was a, if it was a good session, uh, I could definitely see that it could be really funny. Um, but, yeah, I think it depends very much on the on the session, and then you would need some serious editing in there as well. Yeah, uh, probably. I but, I, I mean, it's certainly... I think it's participatory enjoyment is the main thing. Um, you know, you you have fun in the in the action in the in the play, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Mm, yeah. No, I mean, it's just the as as a as far as a listener is concerned, I don't know. I've, I've listened. I actually I give it a try. I think I have listened to some. Um, uh, and I think that would would have been you know back when podcasting was young, so there wasn't quite as much available. Um. Uh, Yog Radio was, I think, one of the ones I listened to. Um, and the, the thing I think um, that bothers me about most role-playing games is that it's got the... It's all about the the things, which is, I guess, kind of funny. Uh, but, you know, the, the equipment and the technology and the number of pieces of gold and... You know. Oh right, yeah. It's like um, poor people imagining all the things they could they could own if they were rich. 
Well, I think that depends on what kind of what kind of style of game you want to play. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's those that uh, you know just see it like a well, I was just about to say like a bit like a board game, but that is of course not true. Um, you know, you you have your uh, uh, your your ultimate aim and lots of obstacles, and getting the you know the right equipment together is just one way of solving solving this problem, right? mm-hmm. optimizing. And then you have uh, loads and loads of other people that don't, you know, particularly um, care about that that part of the game, uh, and just concentrate on the stories and yeah. uh, you know developing uh, the character, just having fun. Which uh, I think, well, both both of them are totally uh, um, understandable and fine. Yeah. I think it's just what kind of style of game you you enjoy more. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I, I can see the attraction of both, but um, like in the uh, going back to Fallout Three, um, there is a lot of time spent, you know, wandering around looking to find new weapons and new new skills and all the stuff that make the I guess the the discovery is a lot of the fun fun part, um, but there's story elements that. Uh, you know, are good too. They they go together to make it a very compelling game. But um, when I was reading, when I was doing my research for, uh, you know, what games I'm going to buy, um, mm. all my reading about the Conan Age of Conan game made me think that it was absolutely not going to be a good game for me. And the reason was it was it seemed to be all about the the you know getting the exclusive. You know, War Rhino and the exclusive this and the exclusive that. Oh yeah, Sword the plus sharpening or whatever. Um, and and that, that to me was like that's totally not what uh, Robert E. Howard's stories were about. They're not about you know getting the goods. It's about getting a, a good story and having a dramatic adventure rather than uh, equipment equipment love. Mm. Yeah, I think that was one of the reasons why stuff like World of Warcraft never really uh, interested me. Yeah, uh, because you you walk towards getting this you know level sixty suit of blah blah armor, mm-hmm. uh, and once you got it, you're that high level anyway. That uh, all the the enemies that you encounter are, are stronger as well. So it's actually not that that a good piece of kit any longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In comparison, so I've I don't know. Yeah, and I've ta- I went once I've topped out on playing Fallout 2, the the maximum level is level 20. Now I don't seem to have any interest in killing things. <laughs> now I just want to go for story because I I can't get any improvements on any of my skills except by finding uh, finding items. But uh, yeah, it's like oh, there's a, there's another rad scorpion. I I'll just avoid that confrontation. Mm. Go past them because they're yeah, not because even. Even bloody mess gets a bit boring after a while. Yeah. 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 Wow. Sounds like sounds like somebody's played the originals. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did. Scott, have you played any Fallout? No. Huh. Nope. It's the job thing. The the job thing. <laughs> the wife. Yeah, we mentioned earlier. I just don't have time to play very yeah. often. So it's hard to get uh, into these. I thought uh, you played. I thought you played it for like a weekend. Uh, no, my son did. Something. Oh, yeah, he, okay. he didn't have a chance. What's that? He didn't have a chance to, you know, not. No, I watched him for a little bit. Let me try that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sure didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, uh, time, time is a big issue. You bet. Um, what about uh, the other one I wanted to ask you about, Carson? I, I don't know if we corresponded about this or not, but um, I've been hearing lots of good things about it. it the Scarifiers. Have you heard any of that? The Scarifiers. I think I heard about that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is, I think, is on BBC Seven. Mm-hmm. And it's also available on CD, and I've been uh, somebody's been posting about it, and um, it's been making me saying, you know, I might be missing something really good here. Yeah, uh, so uh, it's actually Rich Carlson um, has been posting about Scarifiers. It's a, it's, um, I guess it's kind of like a, 
spin. It's it almost feels like a spin-off of Doctor Who. Um, Cosmic God. Hobo Productions. Nicholas Courtney. I guess he he was the he's the uh, head of unit, the brigadier, Lethbridge Stewart. Um, is the actor, and then um, it's um, it's like a I guess Doctor Who meets the X Files or something like that with a bit of comedy. All right. Yeah. Um, now I think. I haven't heard anything. I just checked my uh, my huge folder for uh, BBC Audio Drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think I haven't recorded that one. So I have a huge backlog of stuff that I should probably yeah. uh, try out. And uh, yeah, I do have the, the, the BBC 7 uh, newsletter. Uh, I, I get that one weekly. Mm-hmm. And half the time, at least in the last couple of months, uh, I, I forget the stuff that I really want to get. <laughs> it's just I, I have a quick read and I'm like, all right, I, I really should set that one on my list. Uh, because, yes, it is still legal to record that stuff. Oh, yeah, as it should be. Um, the other good source, um, uh, have you tried um, radioarchive.com? Or .cc, I should say. Is it just Radio Archive? No, I think I... Radioarchive.cc is um, it's torrents for public uh, public radio. Uh, oh, right. okay. And mostly it's BBC. Um, it does have some CBC stuff, but that's relatively rare. Um, and they have some amazing uh, amazing stuff. And none of the stuff is uh, it's all recorded off air, so it's mm-hmm. not um, you know ripping from CDs that you know. Came out. Yeah, yeah. It's all um, recorded off air, and there's some amazing stuff on there. I, I've been especially surprised with the uh, the factual stuff, the you know the non um, the non fiction elements. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's something you know. I I guess because I I mostly tune for BBC Seven, which is almost all fiction. Um, yeah, but I'm or, missing on all the other stations, BBC Four and mm. BBC else. Four is occasionally some uh, some good audio dramas as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think they they were the ones who um, published the uh, Dirk Gently. Uh, yes, um, absolutely. Which had uh, Billy Boyd of uh, Lord of the Rings fame in uh, it. Is that one of the Hobbits? <coughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah, remember. yeah, that was one of the Hobbits. Who even in real life? Because I uh, um, once went to a Lord of the Rings convention for uh, doing some interviews and stuff for a magazine, and well, I think they didn't have to make him that much smaller digitally. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, short people have to get work too. Oh, absolutely. Um, the other, the other thing I want to ask you about now, I, I'm, I'm sort of doing this all vicariously. Uh, not, I don't think I've actually. Maybe I have listened to BBC actually as a radio when I was in the UK. I might have listened to it on the radio occasionally. Uh, but um, is it true that in um, there's uh, English radio broadcasters in uh, the Netherlands? Do you know that uh, I heard that there was like off, off. The broadcasting either for the Netherlands or for the UK, but from the Netherlands, um, and the idea being no. it's sort of to compete with uh, BBC. This is quite a while ago, and I thought they might have done some radio drama, given how much um, the BBC had done. No, I wasn't aware of that, to be honest. Okay, well, I, I so could this be is like hallucinating, but uh, <laughs> I, I do I do recall uh, reading about that. Um, maybe it was to do with some Doctor Who stuff. I can't remember exactly. Oh, maybe that is just in the the age-old tradition of uh, British pirate radio. Yeah, I think uh, that's the idea. British pirate radio, <laughs> but it it was done either offshore at, in the Netherlands or at one of those um, you know uh, oil drilling rigs off of the coast. Yeah, see, that, that is one of the problems uh, for, um, I think, the uh, proper British pirate radio. And that is uh, that in the, what was it, in the 80s, where the three-mile zone right. got expanded to a 12-mile zone. 
uh, because I remember two examples, one of them being in the north of England, uh, a radio station in the 60s on a fish cutter. Uh, just three miles out, and the lads from from the surrounding area would uh, drive up to the coast and just morse over um, the you know the the mu- music uh, requests and uh, of course greetings to their sweethearts, which the radio station would then play. Which of course you can't do about twelve miles, I reckon. And another quite famous one, which still exists as a principality, which isn't recognised by any country in the world at all, which would be. Um, the Kingdom of Sealand, which right. sits on a former uh, World War II flak platform, because apparently the uh, <clears throat> the UK built some flak platforms in the the Thames mouth uh, to stop you know German bombers flying in from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then later on, and some of them were in at the time international waters, and were later on disbanded. And yeah, one guy. Uh, uh, claimed it for for himself. Set up a, a pirate radio station. Later on, I think he wants to make a tax haven out of it, mm-hmm. and most recently, form of data haven. Yeah. The problem is that it it is now within the twelve mile zone. However, he says, well, but there are international uh, treaties saying that if we expand our uh, twelve mile zone, it must not cut off another country's uh, uh, twelve mile zone. So, well. Legally, he probably is right in a way, but the problem is that no country in the world really recognizes the principality. Yeah, international law is basically controlled by if you know what <laughs> you're willing to enforce your 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 country's borders with 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 weapons, I guess. And oh, since well, they did have a war. Did they? they? Yeah, yeah, they did have a war because I think when he tried to set up the tax haven, uh, he um, worked with a couple of dodgy uh, Dutch and I think German businessmen who. Um, um, took over the, um, the 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 platform and ha- uh, held him prisoner, which is why his son organized a couple of shotguns and a helicopter and went over there. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> and just overran it. And this, I think, is one of the claims to uh, international recognition, and that is because uh, they then again held the, um, the hijackers uh, captive. And I think a German diplomat went there to negotiate the uh, uh, getting back the one or two Germans that were involved in the wow. whole thing. And that is one of the reasons why they say, okay, right, so they actually send a diplomat. That means they recognize us as a, as an independent state. <laughs> any, and they'll, they'll grasp any straw. Why not? Why not? Well, uh, it sounds to me like it might be a dangerous place to, to keep your data, but... Um, <laughs> just because you know, if if uh, the king is uh, sleepy, uh, there's nobody to turn the electricity back on, or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I've heard, I've read a bit about Sealand, and I, uh, it's cute. It's very cute. <laughs> Probably gonna get threats from the Sealand Navy now. Oh yeah, Pro- possibly. Um, yeah, so again, uh, they're not still operating a radio station, is my guess. No, 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 as far as I know. Any parting words? Pardon? Any parting <laughs> words, parting shots? Uh, well, you mean apart from it's been a, a great pleasure and, and, and an honor <laughs> to be uh, on the air. Yes, apart from that. (laughs) That goes without saying, Mm -hmm. clearly. (laughs) All right, then. Uh, Yeah, well, I just would say, uh, macht's gut und danke für den Fisch, which uh, would be uh, from the German translation. (laughs) All right, okay. (laughs) So long and thanks for all the fish. (laughs) Very nice. Actually, that's the one one show that uh, you talked about, you know, Scott was asking, you know, what's the one show you 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 think of as a favorite well clearly we know which one it was now oh well yeah it's I mean, is... in the galaxy <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's really hard to say which one is my favorite because it's well, it, so it's many... a favorite a favorite yeah a favorite. Say, yeah if you say it is my favorite you, you're basically cutting yourself off from <laughs> too much but a favorite you can have lots of favorites I don't have a favorite finger. I have favorite fingers. <laughs> Ten of them. And I don't want to see any of them go anywhere. All right. <laughs> That's, that is a strange philosophy, but well. 
Um, this is from meeting when I was a kid. I met a, a guy with a missing finger, and I, I thought it was a trick. I thought he was trying to trick me. <laughs> and um, after you know, it was a strange revelation. I said, you know, because I've seen people pull their thumbs off before. Yeah, I'm skeptical. I don't think that's real. And uh, no, his finger's missing. No, you're hiding it somewhere. <laughs> it's really there, and I just can't see it. Because um, I'm not buying into this. And then when I finally discovered, oh my god, his finger's actually missing? Mm. Never want that to happen to me. Never! Yep. <laughs> and the only place that he might... Chains and uh, farming machinery. I, that's basically how I live my life, is trying to avoid losing any fingers. <laughs> so, mm. if, if, if they get me into the torture chamber... You know, they know how to threaten me. I'm pretty easy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. All right. (laughs) All right, well. Thanks a bunch, guys. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Good time. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.